might not be a good president because he might want to entrench, you know, that uh, that kind of system at the federal level. wondered what the performance of the president-elect would be? Ever wondered if the president-elect has what it takes to rule Nigeria? Well, let's find out. Hello, my name is Lilian Ogazi and this is The Bearing coming to you from Daily Trust. In this special episode of The Bearing, we'll be looking at the president-elect of the Federal Republic of Nigeria, and we'll be asking if he will be able to fully handle the current situation of Nigeria and the problems of Nigerians. With me to talk about this is... Oh, my name is Emmanuel Osemeka, and I'm public affairs analyst. All right, Mr. Emmanuel. Now, what's your take on um, the president-elect? How do you... What kind of person do you see him as? Let's start with, you know, the good sides now. What kind of person do you see him as? Let's go straight to the point. Okay, uh, first of all, I want to congratulate the president-elect, um, uh, Asiwaju Senator Bolamed Tinubu, uh, the former governor of Lagos State. Um, first of all, um, it is well known that um, he has been um, uh, a promoter of democracy. He sees himself and calls himself a progressive. Um, I mean, he's been in politics for over... 40 years, mm. you know, right before the days of the SDP. He became a senator in the Third Republic uh, under the uh, Social Democratic Party of old. Uh, so um, he's some one of those Nadeko leaders who also fought the military during the days of the military. So here he considers himself a Democrat. He sees himself as a fighter of the, the common cause of people of Nigeria. That is how he has always um, portrayed himself. Mm. As governor of Lagos State, um, he consistently you know, took the federal government to court over constitutional issues. Uh, one case in point is the issue of the local government autonomy. Mm. He believes that in that case, they argue that as a federating unit, Lagos State has a federating unit that they have the powers to create local government. Uh, of course, that case lingered for uh, upward of uh, four years, and um, during which the federal government sees the local government allocations. You know, the local government allocations from the federation account, but of course, the state state allocation consistently went to Lagos State, but that of the local government was seized. Uh, because the Lagos State government under Senator uh, Bolame Chinubu you know, created additional 39 local council development authorities. Mm. Then they called it local government areas. However, at the end of the day, Supreme Court clearly you know, uh, ruled that the state does not have the powers to create local government. Therefore, the severance of the local government remains intact. And of course, the state decided to create, call it local government development areas as against the local government area. So that's one, mm. you know, critical area he, you know, uh, uh, contributed to the jurisprudence of our democracy amongst several other 
issues. He had some lofty ideas in terms of development, increasing the local government allocation. Wow. He was able to also exercise the powers of the state by creating several other agencies that ensured that the state, you know, increased this IGR. The state was able to entrench the rule of um, the, the government, uh, you know, in the state. And a lot of states in Nigeria have copied some of the legislations that worked in Lagos State. E example of that is Lagos State uh, Traffic Management System, LASMA, mm. uh, the Lagos State um, Environmental System, where, you know, they he was able to... Um, protect the shoreline in in in, co in collaboration with the federal government the shoreline of the babich when he was before he became government the shoreline of babich was almost taking over the entire amadobelo way mm. and of course that road was closed for many years mm. so he, these are some of the very lofty ideas he has on the banana island and the rest of them you know so he's, he was able to do some very good lofty things in lagos state as governor what's, however what's your thought mm -hmm. on the fact that he was able to you know not ignore um, federal government allocation and make Lagos State itself revenue generating state in his time. Yeah, well, that in that particular state, um, there is a mixed bag in that because as it is today, there is still an ongoing debate legally and of course morally on the level of taxation that is going on in state. Mm -hmm. If you recall, many people are still battling with um, double taxation, multiple taxation across different spectrum. Today, we have a challenge going on at the Supreme Court, which is yet to be decided on who is responsible for VAT and the rest of them. Mm. The state collects VAT, then the federal government, you know, pulls it together and decides to share across the federation. And there are other uh, tax taxes that the state is also collecting and the federal government is collecting, even in Lagos State as well. Mm. So if you come to Lagos State, sometimes you pay state tax on a particular item or you pay local government tax on the same item and you also have to pay federal tax on the same item. And so those are some of the challenges that is still ongoing and is yet to be adjudicated. So in one state, you can call it an ingenuity, you know, some of part of the ingenuity of his administration or, you know, during his days as governor, which his... Uh, um, Successors have continued to, you know, operate uh, in the same state. But if you look critically, you see that a lot of businesses in Lagos is complaining bitterly that the taxes that they are paying is too much. So you have the local tax by the supposed indigents in the constitution of the Federal Republic of Nigeria. There's nothing like indigent. Mm. What you have is citizens. citizens. But in certain quarters, you see, you pay tax to local tax to the citizens. You pay tax to local government, you pay tax to the state, you pay a federal tax. So that's four taxations mm. on one item, you know. So that's one area that is yet to be taken care of. But of course, it was exploited by uh, Governor Tinubu at the time he was governor. And because there is no current um, court judgment on saying, it still holds sway. So some will say, oh, it was a fantastic area he handled and did well and helped to increase the IGR of the state. Some will say no, that that is uh, uh, impoverishing, that they are impoverishing businesses. Because don't forget that there is a 35% tax on businesses in Nigeria. That's a federal tax. Yes. There's a 30% tax and there's a 5% you know, uh, security tax that is imposed on the people. Then in Lagos State, you have a, a, a what you call security tax that is different from the federal tax. The, which is fun, used to fund the Lagos State Police. Well, not Lagos State Police, but I mean, Lagos State has a special 
policing system where they created for a separate funding funded by the state government and the businesses in Lagos. Okay. So there's a whole lot that is going on that is yet to be, you know, uh, clearly distinguished on the legality and illegality as uh, the case uh, may be, you know. But of course, one key element that I can also give to him in good as part of his good governance uh, credential is the fact that he computerized, he digitized the payroll system of Lagos State Government, thereby, you know, through, you know, uh, reducing the incidences of ghost workers in the state. And he used a very fantastic international software that has, you know, some a few states have copied, but many other states are yet to copy that. Something similar to the IPs that the federal government is still struggling and battling with at the federal level. Okay, he's been called a nation builder by some people. What's your take on that? Do you think he's capable of handling, you know, Nigeria, we're, we're diverse, several tribes, you know, culture, tradition, different languages. So do you think that he's capable of handling the nation and actually build us? Well, you see, to be the president of the Federal Republic of Nigeria is completely different from being the president of a state. Okay. The, the powers of a state government is quite enormous. And because the state is quite miniature, quite small, compared to the federal federation. And yes, some people will say, oh, that Lagos is a mini Nigeria. Well, in some state, but not in all ramifications. So, for example, in Nigeria today, the state government governors, using these powers vested in them as executive governors of a state, they operate like emperors. So every state governor, without exception of any, currently controls their legislative arms of government. In the At the federal level, you cannot do that. At the federal level, it is practically impossible for the... Gov- president of Nigeria to control in total the affairs or the activities of the uh, National Assembly because of the level of diversity that is in there and of course the, the because of uh, the population how it is populated by different political parties with different ideologies and all that however in certain state of course the legislators usually come together in bipartisan form to pass certain legislation but in certain, in many states, if not all the states of the federation, whatever the governor wants is what he gets because most often the governor gets, you know, controls the state assembly. Likewise, the local government, where um, of course the state local the state independent electoral commission is in charge of the elections into the local government areas and all that. So as a, as when if you have held sway as governor and you're able to you know, do a lot of things and get away with this as governor. For example, many people say that while uh, the uh, current president-elect was governor, he promoted the activities of talks in the state. Mm. And a lot of talks, the talks are more powerful than even the uh, police in, in Lagos State. And that is why many people feel that he's, he, might not be, he might not be a good president because he might want to entrench, you know, that, uh, that kind of system at the federal level. But we, will, we are still watching and see Try to see how that will pan out. Today, these people, this same group of people, is currently hiding under the Lagos State Union of Road Transport Workers and oh. the rest of it. So we are watching to see how it will pan out at the federal level. Oh. So that's one angle. Okay. So, but the truth of is that it is going to be completely different because the federation is diverse oh. in every sphere. Is diverse in terms of ethnicity, is diverse in terms of culture, is diverse in terms of language, is diverse in terms of so many things. And of course, you have the 36 state governors to contend with, with okay. you know, and all that. Yes. Oh, all right. Um, thank you so much for that. Um, 
We'll be going on a quick break. When we return, the show continues. Do stay. For the big, trendy and impactful stories of the day. Treated inside out with in-depth analysis. To give you insight into the issues that matter. The issue of injustice needs to be addressed. We are going into hell. Why are you sending your child? Why are, you, are you that poor? Are you that hungry? Oh, we are not practicing any democracy in Nigeria. They don't deal with us well, well. Trust us on Nigeria Daily. A daily podcast from Daily Tracks. To bring to you the news behind the news. So listen in, log into our website at dailytrust.com or on bossprout.com. You can also listen in on Spotify and TuneIn Radio. Follow up on Instagram and Twitter at Daily Trust and on Facebook at Daily Trust. Welcome back. This is The Bearing coming to you from Daily Trust Online. And we're currently in the studio with Mr. Emmanuel Osemeka, who is telling us if the current president, if the president-elect has the ability or has what it takes to rule Nigeria. You're welcome back, sir. Thank you for staying with us. It's my pleasure. All right, now let's get back to the downside of... We've spoken about his advantages and what he's capable of doing based on his precedent. Now, as a, you also made mention before we went on the break that... Um, Governing a state is different from having to govern a nation and contending with 36 governors. Now, mm. since as a nation builder that he, they've said he is now, do you think Tenibu at this point has what it takes to govern Nigeria and probably make it like the Lagos state he did in the past? Let's put into consideration the fact that the country and the world has moved forward. Well, you see, it, a lot of people will still disagree that, um, you know, that with that assertion that the Lagos he built, it is very unfortunate that there is this um, very obnoxious narrative that um, Senator Bolamed you know, built Lagos. He was governor for just eight years, and Lagos existed for more than 100 years before he became governor. Many of the roads that exist in Lagos were built and the bridges were built before Tinubu became governor. I'm not sure Governor Tinubu built one single bridge in Lagos as governor for eight years. But yes, he made his own contribution as governor in Lagos. But it is wrong to say that he built Lagos because actually he did not build Lagos. Okay. So that must be put into context. So when people say he's a nation builder, I think that will be in the context of political his political sagacity. His, you know, with his ability to survive the onslaught of the PDP in 2003, where his party, Action, Action uh, uh, AD, uh, Alliance for Democracy AD, was swept off, you know, from, you know, the the political scene. All the states in the southwest that were hitherto AD states were taken over by PDP, with the exception of Lagos State, which he was governor at the time. And from that Lagos State, he was able to build AC Action Congress and met with a metamorphosis to Action Congress of Nigeria ACN and finally with an alliance with two other political parties, three other political parties, they became the Action uh, the All Progressives Congress mm-hmm. today, which wrestled power from the PDP. So with that, you can that is the, with the context with which you can describe him as a nation builder. Beyond that, his contribution is still restricted within the province of Lagos State, where in some quarters people consider him 
to have taken over Lagos State and is making Lagos State dry, mm. you know, through several uh, pseudo companies, you know, taking over the contract of Lagos State, you know, taking over the revenue generation of Lagos State through a company that is alleged to be his company named Alphabet Beta. Mm. Of course, there has been a lot of uh, um, um, denials from his own side that he doesn't have anything to do with Alphabet Beta, among several other things. So, uh, of course, you know that the, the market in Lagos is currently the current Iyaloja of yeah. Lagos is his daughter. And, of course, you know that the people have also accused his own son, Sheyi, of being in charge of all the adverts in Lagos and, of course, the toll gate. Mm. So there's been a lot of accusation against him on that. That when you look at that, you now, many people we are, have been afraid that when he becomes president, that he will turn his daughter to the market leader of the entire nation, where people might be forced to submit to her leadership as the leader of the market women in Nigeria, and levies will be charged, and people will be forced to do that. So that's one angle. That's one negative side of him. Then the other negative side is the fact that his son also is, you know, uh, someone who takes advantage of the position of his father to, you know, get things through for himself personally. So mm. you look at the issues of the uh, trunk roads across the federation where advertisement, billboard adverts and advertisements are done, which is area where I believe his son has interest in. Mm. If he's able to take charge of that, I mean, that's another corruption level that's uh, taking advantage of the system. Then you look at the foreign land revenue of Nigeria. If truly the alphabeta that is alleged to be his company, then, of course, Alphabeta would definitely take charge of that. And, of course, many people are afraid of the thugs yeah. who are going to take charge of uh, so many other things. you know. But, of course, he's someone that is known to have the eyes for quality young leaders. So okay. he's, that's what people feel he's able to do. But a lot of people are also have, you know, concerned with his age. Today, mm. he is said to be 70 years, but many have said, I mean, like his in-law, T-Mark, has said that he's 86 years old. That's his in-law saying, not me. But he says he's 70. So, But when you look at him, he looks frail. But even in that frailty, he still appears to be strong. You know, there's been some gaps here and there. We don't know if it is real or he's just part of his campaign strategies. But so th there are quite a bit of concern on his health, mm. given the fact that Nigerians suffered, you know, with the health of the, pre the current president, President Muhammad Buhari, we, who was sick for upward of four months and we didn't have a president. We were not sure what was wrong with him. And of course, the cabal took over the government. So mm. that's part of the fears many people have today. But in terms of the Tinubu of who was in, who was the governor of Lagos State and had some very strong uh, capacity mentally, physically, if that same Tinubu is, so, is, is available now, mm. if we have that same level of Tinubu, definitely we're going to have some very good policies some policies that, of course, will be very controversial. Some policies that will, people will definitely kick against. Mm -hmm. And of course, but of course, it's going to be quite an interesting uh, state for him. But of course, you also know that the Labour Party and the PDP have already gone to court to challenge his emergence. So it's going to be an interesting step. We'll see how it happens. All right. You know. All right. Now let's talk about, you know, back then when he was governor and when he had the opportunity of being in power, even as senator, the security challenges were not what they were now. The educational yes. system are not what they were now. The economy is not what it was back then now. It's, all, it's a whole lot. Um, it's different. The Tinibu mm. we're seeing today with putting age and um, health 
into consideration? Do you think he can handle our security, education, and economic situation in Nigeria today? Okay, so in terms of education, Tinubu didn't do very well as you know for education in Lagos State. He didn't he did very poorly in terms of education in terms of health. But when he came to security, he did pretty well. He did really, really well in Lagos. Given the level of uh, insecurity in Lagos, you know, that was what gave birth to the Lagos uh, RRS today. I think mm. they call them Rapid Response Squad. Mm. And, you know, many, many people have uh, attributed the insecurity in Nigeria today, generally, and of course in Lagos or any of the states, as a result of the positive funding that goes to the, to the security agencies, especially the police. They don't have the right equipment. They don't have the right uh, communications. These, uh, the personnel are not well prepared. They are not well kitted and all that as, as a result. They are, forced, they are sort of forced to take bribes. And of course, that will also impede on the justice system. And in addition, while Tinubu was governor of Lagos State, you know, he was able to, you know, um, handle the issues of uh, criminal justice administration in Lagos, you know, when he appointed the current vice president, who then was the attorney general of, of, of the state mm. and commissioner of justice. So he, those are the core areas I know that he has some level of competence, but these are subject to who and who he's going to appoint and the level of policies those guys are going to come up with, you know, to discuss with him, then of course with his approval, and of course with the buy-in of the federation. That's why I say that it's completely different when you're dealing with a state and when you're dealing with a federation because when you bring a policy for the federation, it will cut across different segments of the federation. Okay. And of course, you are going to have a different kind of opposition. Okay, The opposition might also come from your own political party. Take, for instance, the issue of the Naira redesign. Mm -hmm. The Naira redesign is a product of the APC-led gov government, and yet the APC governors were the ones who went to court to challenge it. And today, you can see that the courts, the Supreme Court, have nullified that uh, policy or adjusted that policy, you know, from what the originally it was was put out. So you can see that at the federal federal level, it's completely different because you are dealing with different kettles of fish. Mm. You know, you are dealing with federating units as against the local government that you are completely in charge of and nobody will oppose you. But when you are dealing with the federation, even your members of your party who are governors in your state, in states controlled by your by your party, can challenge you on the each on the constitution. So these are some of the variables okay. that will work against him this time around because as president, you are not an emperor. Yes. You, are, you will have to deal with the National Assembly. And it's a democracy this politics. time around. Exactly. It's democracy. Mm. So there are many things you cannot do by fiat. Mm. You know, you must consult at all levels. If, when you, you finish consulting, you must have consensus. Just like the Supreme Court judgment said today, there must be consensus in certain quarters because if there's no consensus, it amounts to dictatorship. All right. That now, is the word of it, yeah. All right, finally, now, before we go, what's your projection? What do you see? What kind of presidency or leadership do you see in him? And what do you see him offering Nigeria for the next four years? Well, that is subject to what's the outcome of the Labour Party and, of course, that of uh, uh, PDP. Yes. cases will, you know, pan out for us. But uh, for me, it's going to be an interesting time because there are certain variables that he needs to first of all grapple with. First of all, you will recall that by the results declared by INEC, the, the president-elect got one-third of the total vote cast, which mm. means that two-thirds of the people that voted didn't vote for him. So he doesn't have the total, the legitimacy of the entire, of the majority of those that voted for him. So what it means is that he has a deficit, a two-third deficit of those that voted. Okay. So he needs to deal with that two-third, that particular spectrum. And by 
from the first acceptance speech he made when the result was given, and of course the speech he made when he collected his uh, certificate of return, he alluded to that clearly. When he said, I hear you, I understand you, I know your heart, I'm here, I'm going to be the president of all, I'm listening, I will listen to you, and I will do what you want, let's build a progressive nation. For me, that is succinct, and that is very apt. Mm. It, you know, it remains to be seen if he's going to follow through with that. If they will not, in the coming days, begin to gloat over their success at the poll. That's one. Two, the other angle is the fact that we are yet, we, it, is, it remains to be seen how he's going to navigate through the challenges of banditry, kidnapping, Boko Haram, the separatist agenda, you know, activists in the, of the Yoruba nation, and of course the IPOB and the ESN in the eastern part of Nigeria, and of course all other challenges that is dealing with Nigeria. And of course the insecurity that is also, you know, um, stretching the security forces across the federation sure. it okay. remains to be seen how he's going to handle all of that how he handles it would will will point to how the economy will recover all right all right thank you so much sir for your time i really appreciate sir thanks a lot it's my pleasure that was mr emmanuel osemeka there um, a, a public affairs analyst speaking Having said that, we've come to the end of this episode of The Bearing. Thank you so much for listening and thank you so much to our special guest who joined us today. The Bearing is a Daily Trust production and you can download this and other episodes on dailytrust.com, bossprouts.com, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify and TuneIn Radio by simply searching for The Bearing. You can also listen on NAS FM, it's 9.9 in Yola, Unity FM 93.3 in Joss, Badegi Radio 90.1 in Mina and Sawaba FM 104.9 in Hadeja. If you intend to sponsor an episode of The Bearing, call us or send us a message via WhatsApp on 0913-893-3390 or you can reach us via our social media handles on Instagram and on Twitter at Daily underscore Trust and on Facebook at Daily Trust. My name is Lilian Ogazi. Thank you for listening and bye for now. Mm-hmm.